February 13th, 2022, the trucker convoy and the protesters are in Ottawa. I remember it well. I was on the streets every single day talking to people. And the very next day, Justin Trudeau and his government invoke for the first time the controversial use of the Emergencies Act. Well, now, as the law requires, there is a year-long-plus investigation into whether or not that was needed, how it was justified. And new documents first reported by the Toronto Star shows that on that very day, on February 13th, one of the senior advisors to Justin Trudeau, the National Security and Intelligence Advisor, told the Cabinet Committee making these decisions that there was a potential breakthrough, that there are negotiations going on between the city of Ottawa and the members of the convoy to come to some agreement. And during that time, I broke the story that the intermediary in that negotiation was Dean French. Dean French, of course, the former chief of staff to Premier Doug Ford in Ontario. And he'd been asked to be the intermediary. Ultimately, nothing happened. The the, uh, Emergencies Act was evoked. Was there a breakthrough? Well, the former chief of staff to the Ontario Premier, who led those back-channel negotiations between the city and the protesters back in February, Dean French, joins us now. Uh, full disclosure, I've known Dean French, Dean, for how many years? Like 25 years? Evan, you're going to age us both. Probably, Yeah, you know what? Probably 25, just to be fair. Yeah, I've known Dean for a long time. So first of all, I hope you and the family are well. Dean, always good to talk to you. Um The cabinet documents, again, first reported by the Star, but others have reported it now, shows that there was, quote, a possible breakthrough and that though that even the the minister in charge, Marco Mendicino, was monitoring the city of Ottawa and the convoy, said ultimately it wasn't fruitful. Take us behind the scenes. Was there a breakthrough possible? For sure, Evan. Number one, certainly there was a breakthrough. And, you know, when the cabinet documents got released, it put a smile on my face because Five hours before that cabinet meeting on that Sunday night at, I guess, 8.30, five hours before that, your colleagues in the media had announced the agreement between, between Tamara with the Freedom Convoy 2022 group, the nonprofit incorporated group, the group that had the, the purse strings, between that group and Mayor Watson. Both Mayor Watson's letter and Tamara's letter were both distributed to the media at approximately 3.30, on the Sunday. So you didn't need a top security advisor to know that there had been not just a breakthrough, but an agreement. So um, that's sort of um, really important to, uh, to put that into, into play. So I thought I'd start with, uh, with that. Yes. But was what was the breakthrough? Like, what was the agreement? Because I know that um, Mayor Watson um, had talked about that. I, in fact, but he said that he wants evidence before noon. He said, we've reached a back channel. I can even read you uh, part of what he said. He goes, the, um, the truckers, uh, I, I think this is uh, February 12th. The truckers here in Ottawa have always been about peaceful protest. This is from Tamara Leach. The Freedom Convoy Board agrees with your request to reduce pressure on residents, businesses. We've made a plan to consolidate our protest efforts around Parliament Hill. We'll be working hard uh, to get buy-in from the truckers. So she wasn't saying that it was going to end. She's saying we're going to consolidate. No, you want, Evan, you want, to, you want to finish up that same letter from, from Tamara. Mayor Watson had three conditions, which I represented back as a mediator to the truckers. She responded by agreeing to those three conditions. And I think the letter went on to say, in fact, I know it went on to say, 
and we'll start moving trucks on Monday morning, which they did. Well, well, she and said this. I'll, I'll just read it. We will be working hard over the next 24 hours to get buy-in from truckers. We hope to start repositioning our trucks on Monday, repositioning to Parliament Hill. As stated in your letter, we work, look forward to working with authorities to ensure the safe movement of our trucks to their new location. So she was hoping to do that, but there you go. Okay. Yeah, sure, for sure. So, Evan, so let's take it from there. She was hoping to do that, and before, and not only was she hoping to do that, but the record will show, particularly in the upcoming inquiry, the record will show that dozens of trucks and at least two blocks of trucks were moved out of residential areas that day. That was one of my conditions personally to volunteer as a private citizen to do this and to work between the mayors, to go between the media with the truckers. Was I started the mediation by saying, look, guys, I don't agree with being in residential areas and blowing horns. I don't believe in it. Do I believe in a peaceful protest in front on Wellington Street? Yeah, I do. But you, you have to start to make a move here. So um, they, they did do that. I think that's the missing piece of the story, Evan. In fact, before our interview today, I was curious because my notes had dozens of trucks moved on Monday morning. Okay, And I was curious to know whether your producer or your research guys had asked the city of Ottawa for a statement on how many trucks they they had down to be. Well, well I, and I don't know the exact number. And I'm speaking to Dean French. I know because I was there watching some trucks reposition along Wellington. Folks, if you're listening across the country, Wellington is the the street that literally runs right after the front lawn across Parliament Hill. But there were dozens and dozens of trucks still positioned around um, to the to the east. Uh, around the Rideau Center, down to the south uh, of it, and, and to the west. So there were still lots of areas where oh. there were trucks. And by the way, no. I just want to say, even though they were positioned, even Wellington Street was still, by any definition, an illegal blockade of streets. And you know, as a former chief of staff, if I parked trucks and said, well, I'm just going to block off everything around Queen's Park for 30 days or something, even you'd be like, hey, that's not... You're right to block off a public street with trucks. That's still illegal, agreed, right? Agreed. Agreed. I'm not defending that. As a mediator, right. okay. I didn't take sides. But I will say this, Evan, it's really important to set the, the record straight. Because I think, you know, the whole theme of your show is holding people to account and asking the right questions. We need to know, Canadians need to know from the Ottawa police, how many truckers, tr- trucks, rigs, big rigs, move that day. I'm telling you dozens. We need a statement from the police to know. Because if you peel that back, think about it. The, cabinets, the pa- cabinet was briefed on Sunday night. Right, Prime Minister Cabinet, Prime Minister Trudeau's cabinet was briefed on Sunday night. They would have had access to the letter that you just read. That, you they know, did. It was public. They, it was they, public. They did. They did. But there's, it seems a lot of redacted stuff in there. But it seems like they, you know, the the verbiage that came out was breakthrough. Well, no, there was an agreement with one of the largest uh, cities in, in in Canada for things to happen on Monday, which they did. So here's the question, Evan. Here's the tough questions that have to be asked, Prime Minister Trudeau. Why then? Why then did uh, why then did they um, not wait? Put a hold on the emergency act. Why did they not wait until after Monday was through? Because if dozens of trucks were moving, and if we were getting it out peacefully, and you've got to remember that the coordination, the law enforcement, and the truckers deserve a lot of credit for this. The coordination that had to be done because you were there on the ground, you saw it. The coordination that had to be done, Evan, was huge, and they were working together peacefully. My concern, as I saw the rhetoric coming from the prime minister leading up to this, was that things were escalating. It was almost like the war drums were beating. And that's one of the reasons I said enough is enough. I happen to know a few people. I built up trust with Mayor Watson, even though. But but why is it I'm just trying to and I get this. But why is it the quote war drums are beating on the government side? 
what is the responsibility? Like, I'm just trying to, and you're a conservative, Dean French, and, and I got two minutes. I'd love to have you back, Dean. But, like, what you is the it. responsibility of governments when there's an illegal, like, I understand there's either been blockades all the time, but after 30 days, there's been blockades of bridges, uh, and I know that was solved before the Emergencies Act in Windsor, but but at, at what point do governments step in and, and stand for law and order? What what What's the problem with that? There's no, there's no, there's no problem. But, but, but Evan, we're also Canadians too. At what point do we actually, as I said in my op-ed in the National Post, at what point as Canadians do we listen, learn, and act? When do we stop listening to people? Like when do we start trying to learn from people? That that's that's the Canadian way. And somewhere along the lines, we lost that. This is a big. But deal. what did we? But what did we lose? Like industry. I'm just trying to figure that out. Like we did. People like the police didn't step in. You know, these folks had a, like, even I remember Doug Ford saying, okay, we've heard your point, enough is enough, leave. Like, now you Evan, made your you, point. Evan, Evan, do you really think the Emergency Act was warranted for this? Like, are you, I, I no, think there should seriously. be an investigation into it, and I 100% support the investigation into the use of the Emergencies right. Act, but I don't know if the, even in the invocation of the Emergencies Act, whether it's legitimate or not, even justifies this kind of protest, which was so so here's another. So here's another one. Uh, here's another one. How much do you think those big rigs are worth, approximately? Like you had to buy one of those big trains. Quarter of a million. Okay, good. So you imagine if the radio station or television station let you as an employee take a two hundred and fifty thousand, three hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Okay, so Dean, Dean, I like, gotta take a break. That. Dean, yeah. come, can you Let's come back? And yeah, we'll come back. Hang keep on, it going. Dean French. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Okay, I, just before the break, I was in the middle of the conversation with Dean French, the former chief of staff to the Ontario Premier, Doug Ford, who was uh, leading these back-channel negotiations in the key moments in February between the city of Ottawa and the protesters like Tamara Leach to try to negotiate some kind of movement of trucks that would take them out of uh, household areas. Um, was this a so-called breakthrough the night before the invocation of the Emergencies Act or or not? Uh, that's the debate. The government says, you know what, it didn't really amount to much at all. Uh, and we still needed the Emergencies Act. There is a legally obligated investigation into whether or not it was legitimate to call for the use of the Emergencies Act. The government defends it. There is a real question whether this hit that threshold or not. Dean French, who led those back channel negotiations, has been with me and he's good enough to stay. Dean, thank you for being here. My pleasure. I know we're up against the clock, Evan, so uh, if you want to uh, chat a little bit more, no, let, let, let's, is, let, yeah, I think I've got some time. Sure. I, I'm trying to buy sure. us some time okay. because you and I, uh, you know, okay. we like a full discussion. Uh, so just before it. the break, you, you said the key question was, was this tentative agreement to between the truck convoy protesters and the city of Ottawa to, to try to move some rigs. And you're right, Dean, a bunch of rigs did move onto Wellington. Was that enough to um, mean that, yeah, that's an imminent breakthrough, no need to invoke the Emergencies Act? You're, you're saying yes, that it, that it did show there was cooperation. Is that right? History will show that there was cooperation, coordination, and history will show that dozens of trucks left. Not all of them went up to Wellington. A lot of them went off off-site. The idea was to get the trucks out of the residential areas, phase number one. And in my mind, phase two was get off of Wellington. But first things first, Mayor Watson was going to sit down and be the first politician to be respectful enough. I was trying to make this point, be respectful enough to the mostly business owners that were there when we talked about the, how much these rigs cost. And I was trying to make the point, do you think the radio station will, will you take $300,000 of equipment for three weeks and sit out? On protest? No, these were these were business owners fighting for their economic freedom. That's a story the media 
has missed big time. And that's going to come out in the inquiry. These were a lot of hardworking business owners that, that were, when I was cleaning the cornflakes boxes off because I didn't know what was going on with COVID and we were so concerned during the first six weeks, weeks of COVID, these were the guys that were keeping the supply uh, well, they, well to be fair, and they were some of them, uh, you know, the people that were on the unvaccinated truckers that didn't like the, the, the mandates for cross-border mandates with both, both the U.S. and Canada had represented about less than 10 percent of truckers. So 90 percent of truckers were still delivering you those boxes of cornflakes now. And some of these truckers came to Ottawa. Some of them went on to the bridges and, and they did it and they had a protest. There is a there is a protected right to peacefully protest in Canada. I guess my question to you as someone who's a former chief of staff is when you don't like the government, can you park your truck and block, uh, you know, basically, by the way, shut down businesses, all the small business owners who I saw in Ottawa that also lost tons of business for a month because of the truckers, their businesses were shut down because of this. Is there a right to park your giant rigs on a public street, block it off, honk horns and do all those things, start fires, take over things. Um, Is there a right or should the law enforcement say, sorry, we're not negotiating with you because you've decided to do something that is, and again, I'm using the premier of the province, illegal occupation. That's what Doug Ford called it. That's what the prime minister called it. That's what the mayor called it, an illegal occupation. Actually, I thought you were just using Prime Minister Trudeau's talking points, buddy. <laughs> no, well, no, I'm, but, I'm just, I, but you know that. Like, listen, I'm not carrying water for anyone, but I'm well, just well, using I'm what, either. that's I, three I, levels I, of government. I, I, right. In order to mediate this, you have to, you know, you had to be down the middle, right? But here, I can tell you what I was hearing from the truckers. You want to talk about the law. Let's use a really basic one. I was hearing from the truckers that their own government, their own government was violating the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And it, the easiest example might not keep a lot of people up at night, but it's breaking the law. Mobility rights. Where in our Constitution, these truckers were saying to me, can you have a maritime bubble? Where, where, where does it say that? These are the things that if you would have listened to, not you, this is the things that a Prime Minister Trudeau would have listened to the truckers, he would have picked up on. So it's okay for you to break mobility rights, Mr. Prime Minister and Premiers. It's okay for you to do that, but you're going to be all over us for this. These are the things I listened, learned, and learned from the truckers, These biz- primarily business owners. So, but but hold, but hold on a second, and, and, and I'm speaking to Dean French. These are legitimate questions, by the way. The constitutionality of, of business, of, of mobility rights, is very key. And I understand there's legal questions, but I think what we also have to not forget, and we, held, we asked this, and I asked Bill Blair and Marco Mendicino, and I grilled them, and it's all on tape. Uh, we, you, you can watch it, whether this meets the threshold and how they're using the law and any infringement on civil liberties is very genuine. I have no problem right. holding so, both sides so, so, to account. So, so, but uh, but we guys, were in a pandemic. Guys, yeah. We were yeah. in a pandemic. We did have, and Tamara Litch and all those, Leach and all those folks, remember, before they took down that memorandum of understanding, and you know this, that stuff was... They were collecting money and they were supporting something that talked about we're going to be a, you know, and I read that memorandum of understanding before they realized it was insane and and a liability. They were talking about negotiating with the unelected Senate and that stuff was way out of line. Look, look, and you and I both know, though, that there was different factions and different groups agreed way out of line, way out of line. But what we can't get away from is does the end justify the means? What what defines a pandemic? And, And definitely we had one. What defines that? And does that allow us to all of a sudden break our own every, as you talk about being chief of staff, every decision you make, every recommendation you make to a premier or, or a prime minister has to start and end with the rule of law. 
why not have former Premier Peckford, who's a constitutional expert on? You want to talk about Bill Blair and you want to talk about the other cabinet ministers? The biggest lie out there was that the GoFundMe was being funded by outside-of-the-country organizations. The facts in the House, you know this already, 88% of that money that was in GoFundMe came from Canadians. That was, that was a number one play that was, that was pushed, and that you guys have done a great job covering that. That, that part, I like. I'm also, but I was also concerned about, now we get back to the cabinet minister that said the police were asking for the War Measures Act. You've also done a great job with reporting that, not to anyone's knowledge, to the single police force, the RCMP, the OPP, or the city of Ottawa. And I, and I get that, and, I, and I've covered that. Hold the government to account for But, but, that. but so I know, I, listen, I've spoken to the, chief, the head of the Ottawa police who said, we, you know, we didn't request it. Did we need it? Was it necessary in the end? Yes. Now, I don't know in the end if it's justified. I think this is a really important principle. But let's be clear here. There is a built-in mechanism when the Emergencies Act was evoked for the first time in Canadian history that there is now a public inquiry as to whether or not it was justified. And I will say this after finally the government has opened Sir Justice Rouleau, who's overseeing this, the fact that all those cabinet documents will be made available. This stuff is coming, but we can't confuse two different things. One, the the use of the Emergencies Act, and two, whether or not this protest was in the middle of a, a, a pandemic is a justified way to act when you don't like the government and it's peaceful protest is different than an illegal occupation and that's i think the line here but i will say this and now we are at the end of our time d french this debate (laughs) that we're having and this discussion word that we're having and, and the discussion we have to have with ministers and we've got to keep having it because i think the one thing is we've got to be open We've got to be transparent and we've got to be willing, as you've done and coming on here, to have these discussions fairly and openly. And we've got to listen to each other and people got to think for themselves on this. Dean French, you're always welcome back. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Next time we do it over a beer, Evan. Thanks a lot. As, hey, as always. Talk. Listen, a beer is always welcome.